Today's show is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout that is timed to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Like Netflix for fitness, Aptiv gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Aptiv. In fact, if you head over to the curator playlists, you'll see a familiar face. I chose seven of my favorite Aptiv workouts so that you can get a well-rounded mix of workouts that will take you from intense cardio to restorative serenity. And these are some of my favorite workouts to do when I'm traveling or if I just have a spare 20 minutes between activities. And because they're the best, Aptiv is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial when you sign up for monthly subscriptions at www.aaptiv.com. Be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT, one word, at checkout in your first 30 days or on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am your host. I am the owner and founder of FedandFit.com, author of the Fed and Fit book, and also creator of the Fed and Fit Project Online, a food and fitness program. I'm really excited about today's episode. I have invited a fabulous listener to come on the, t- on the show today for a reverse interview. And if this is your first introduction to a reverse interview, I'll briefly tell you what that is. A reverse interview is when a reader or a listener writes in with a great question. And instead of emailing them back or responding to their question uh, like they've asked, I invite them to come on my podcast to record their question and our conversation. And it's so nice when they say yes. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I ask folks to come on when I really think that their question could resonate with other listeners out there. And so today I'm excited to introduce you guys to Emily. Emily is an interior designer. Uh, I'm trying to harness some of those skills coming up really soon, Emily, (laughs) and she lives in the Chicago area. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor that I get to be on your podcast, and thank you for even just trusting me to kind of take the reins and ask you whatever I want. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. These are so much fun for me. Well, that's exactly it. I, I guess I left that off. Emily is going to interview me and ask whatever she wants. I'm, I am her, I'm her uh, interview. Oh gosh, man, those words, they always escape me. Interviewee, I don't know what I am. <laughs> um, but I'm at your disposal for the next 30 minutes. So uh, any th- questions you have, I'd love to chat. Awesome. Um, so yeah, today I wanted to kind of focus on navigating like food sensitivities or food allergies or maybe someone that might be starting a new health program, kind of like your 28-day fun and fit program, where you might eliminate some foods that you might typically eat and how to handle some of those restrictions when you're dining out or at a bridal shower or wedding or business dinner, Um, all those types of social interactions over food. I think many of us with restrictions maybe get a little nervous that we don't want our diet to be a burden on others. Mm-hmm. So um, I reached out to you because I figured you would be great to talk about what the proper etiquette may be in those types of situations. Because, And I think your listeners are probably going to agree with this, that you are one of the most 
kind and humble and sweetest paleo bloggers I've come across. So thanks for letting me pick your brain on this. Oh my gosh, um, you're the best. <laughs> you're the best, Cassie. Um, so the question that sparked this topic is I have this bridal shower this weekend that I believe will be a served breakfast at the host's home. And I only know the bride. And because I have, sorry, if I, because I have gluten and sen dairy sensitivities, I would usually eat beforehand to kind of avoid like snacking at the party. But since this is a seated meal, I feel a bit awkward sitting at a table with others and not eating what's served. Do you have ideas for how to handle that? Such a good question. Um, okay. So to get started, oh, do you hear an echo, Emily? Um, it's probably just okay. The, okay. I'm, I'm probably not even going to edit this out. <laughs> we'll go with it. Everyone's along for the ride. Okay. This is such a good question. And man, I really, I, th I think it's such a relevant, important thing to talk about. I have an mm. older podcast episode while it comes to mind called How to Paleo with Grace. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's it's a slightly different spin on your question. You're coming in this very conscientious of you know how your uh, your restrictions might have an imp impact on others, and that one's slightly different. It's coming from the other side, mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to talk. Yeah. You know, when we get a little uh, overzealous. But uh, anyways, that might be a good one to listen to. If if I don't, if someone's listening and I don't touch on what you were hoping to hear, that might be one worth looking up. But yeah. I think this is a really great question and it's so interesting, especially when you're new, when you first find that there is a food that wasn't agreeing with your body and that, that might have been the answer to symptoms that you had ex been experiencing maybe for yeah. years. Oh my goodness. It's such, it's so freeing. It's such a really mm -hmm. good feeling. And and we don't want to give up on that. And I absolutely understand it. I mean, I still, I'm extremely sensitive to wheat gluten. Mm -hmm. And even I was at a friend's wedding this weekend and I turned down the wedding cake and I love wedding cake, but for me, it just wasn't worth the five day stomach ache. So, yeah. you know, I, I absolutely get it. When you find something that has had a big impact on how you feel, we don't want to give it up. And I think that there, that's okay. So I want to start off by saying that that, I think it's definitely, definitely okay to honor what you now know about what works for your body. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Cause sometimes it's also if for folks who aren't extraordinarily sensitive, I've also talked about on this podcast, just, I've also said the words, just eat the cake because mm -hmm. for people who are not extraordinarily sensitive or the significance of the event outweighs possible impact. That's a decision only you can make um, in the instance of a bridal shower or any other kind of similar, smaller occasion. I understand how it can be a little tricky to navigate those waters. So I have a couple ideas I'm going to throw out and okay. what we can, and what I want you to do, Emily, and also other listeners is I'm throwing out kind of broad ideas because you're going to know your friends best, right? And you right. know, your circle, the social circle and maybe how best to proceed. So I would trust, I would trust your instinct there uh, and know that it's probably all going to be okay. At the end of the day, the people who are the most worried about maybe rubbing someone else the wrong way or coming across um, as, as something possibly negative, the folks who are actually worried about that in advance are actually usually the last people that wind up upsetting anybody. 
or being mm-hmm. offensive is something that I found just because we are aware. Um, so I think we can kind of find some comfort in knowing that also you, you're, you're over half of the way there. So I would say one option is when you're going someplace and you have an extreme sensitivity, let's say to wheat gluten and to dairy, like Emily, those were your two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I would say when something, when a, when a special event is coming up, we can start by nipping it in the bud by reaching out to the host and asking some questions. Right. And I think that, and that's okay. And of course it all depends on how we correspond with that person. I've been in situations where I've had family members, um, be very obtuse, right. And, and not, not very gracious in their requests. And that's a completely different story than reaching out to somebody and saying, I really hate to bother you, but I also don't want to offend anybody when I'm there. Right. You know, and just being as honest as possible about some of, you know, your dietary restrictions. I, I cannot eat wheat and, or yeah, wheat. You can just say that to keep it kind of simple. I can't eat wheat or wheat products or dairy. And Mm -hmm. I don't want you to make an entire special meal, but I also wanted just to let you know that um, if we're sitting there and it's a seated meal, if I don't eat something, I really am not trying to be offensive. Mm. You know, and just and when you when we speak from the heart in those kinds of scenarios, we're not going to offend folks. People are really understanding, especially in such a sweet occasion like this. And I have a really good feeling that this person's going to be gracious in return. Um, so what you can do is we can offer up some solutions. We can you can say I'm happy to eat in advance, um, and if you have maybe a bowl of fruit or something like that, I would love to I would love to enjoy that with everybody else. Or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So they don't have to feel like they have to make a special quiche, you know, right. um, or you can offer to bring something. Okay. You know, that's another option. And at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do, how you're honoring this host is you're honoring them by letting them know in advance. So they're not surprised because that, that's really, that's really the impact, right? When the surprise mm-hmm. quiche Let's say it's a quiche just because that's what I'm imagining for, you know, sort of a brunch. Right. But the quiche goes out and one of the slices comes back uneaten or, you, or you're not eating it. It then becomes sort of a, a thing that needs to be addressed or if it's not addressed, it's even more awkward in that instance. So I would give them a heads up and then, um, and it's out of respect for them as the host and it's all in how you write to them. And I have every confidence in the world and what little you and I have interacted with each other that you're going to handle that beautifully. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I think that'll be great. And so you can either offer to, I would, I would make it very clear. Please don't make me anything special. Um, right. <laughs> my dog, Gus, uh, I have a great Pyrenees, a big dog and uh-huh. he's got a boo-boo on his foot. I'm sorry for the side note, but he's just oh. woken up from his nap and realized I have a Chipotle bowl on my table. Oh, <laughs> and because he's got a boo-boo, he normally doesn't stand up and look at the table but he can get away with a lot right now because I feel so bad for Aww. him. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> I know, little muffin man. Um, he's got an appointment to see the doctor. He'll be okay, but it's, it's a pretty big deal for him. Okay, yeah. so I would say, you know, problem solve, right? I would problem solve mm-hmm. in advance. The communication is a huge step. Your, your awareness overall is the majority 
you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're over halfway there. Like I said, I think communicating with the host out of respect, and I would reiterate that this is just out of respect for you and your home. The last thing I want to do is offend you or anybody yeah. else there. And then I would offer for problem solving. I would say, please don't make anything special for me. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you know, in case you are plating, if you've got an, ex, you know, grapefruit that you're serving, uh, feel free to only send that out for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can also offer to bring something. Okay. So and you don't think that maybe offering to bring something would be stepping on their toes or like, I kind of debated that one and I didn't yeah. know if it would like offset their menu or anything that way. You know, you could, you could actually, before you offer it, you could ask her what she thinks, mm. you know, because if, um, and, and maybe that's a good way to enroll this person in problem solving with you. Because as a host, when I think about it as a hostess, if somebody reaches out to me in advance and says, I'm vegan and in a very, very strict vegan, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I can't have honey on those, on those pecans or whatever it is that I've made. Then I really appreciate it when they reach out in advance just to let me know and I would like to then be a part of the problem solving process, but that's also my personality, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might depend on her and you can open it up before maybe proposing solutions. If you're afraid of uh, insulting her, you could say, I've got some ideas, but I would love to hear, you know, uh, if, if you have any inclinations on how I can make this easiest on you. Cool. So, okay, what about, in kind of keeping with the bridal or maybe baby shower topic, what about when it's at a restaurant or maybe it's a catered event or even a wedding? Does your advice kind of change for that? Who would you reach out to maybe to kind of coordinate on the meal? Yes, so that makes it even easier. <laughs> because, yeah. Right, because dining establishments uh, at this point are used to these things. So in mm-hmm. that case, I would absolutely reach out to, let's say, I were going to a hosted brunch. I just mm-hmm. went to one yesterday. And um, I'm giving Gus my, a couple pieces of chicken. Now he's talked me into it. <laughs> so let's say I'm going to a hosted brunch and it's at a restaurant. Instead of bothering my friend who is hosting it, who is mm-hmm. coordinating all these things, I will call up the restaurant and say, hey, okay. um, I know you're preparing a special menu for Will's brunch. And I'm one of the guests in attendance there, and I know you have 40 of us coming, but I just wanted to let you know that I have a very, very severe gluten allergy. And do you have anything that I can that I can eat there? And more times than not, they're going to say, oh, absolutely, don't even worry about it. And you can tell that person, I didn't want to bother the host right. with this. Right. So I figured I'd just come to you. And when you're dealing with a dining establishment, they're usually going to be really accommodating. And if they're not, if they say, no, sorry, we don't have anything. Um, if you're celiac, for example, you would need that to be prepared in a separate part of the kitchen. But if we're just gluten intolerant, like I'm severely gluten intolerant, I can tell them that I can say, you don't have to use a separate fryer for the French fries, but does do all the sauces have soy sauce in them? Something like that. You know, I, is there anything that I can get to customize? And okay. usually um, they'll help, they're happy to help you brainstorm. If they say no, I'd be really surprised. But if they say no, right. <laughs> uh, then I would say, then could you please adjust their bill to only oh. reflect 39 meals instead of 40? Yeah. 
and um, I might nibble on the side salad, but uh, don't worry about me. I'm just going to come and I'll take up a chair and I'll drink water. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and, and, and in that case, of course we would eat beforehand. Yeah. So it's, it, it is, it's an adjustment. And, uh, at this point, my friends and family are, are pretty used to it. And right. I think it, but I think it all depends on how you communicate with folks that makes the real difference. Cool. Okay. So what if I flip the question and yes. say advice for someone that is the host of a yeah. party or shower? So would you kind of preemptively ask for allergens on the RSVP or do you just plan to kind of have a variety of food um, to accommodate various food sensitivities or allergens when people show up? Really good you question. Do anything? That's a great question. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two scenarios. Okay. If, it, if it's a dinner party at my house, let's say I'm inviting 12 people over for dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and so my, I have a group of friends and we do something called a dinner club. Mm -hmm. and Everybody comes over. What I do in those instances is I email everybody or I text everybody and I say, please send me your food sensitivities because I can't make that many varieties. If somebody, yeah. right? So if I'm preparing a roasted tomato bisque, for example, and somebody has a pretty severe tomato allergy, I'm not going to have a substitute for that person, right. right? So I would just rather than choose the cucumber gazpacho. So, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. It will help me build my menu. So I like, if for a smaller party, I like to ask folks in advance. So, and it depends on, on you. If you're the home cook and you're actually preparing this food, I would ask people in advance just so that if you go across the lines and you see, ooh, nobody's allergic to rice, <laughs> nobody's allergic to bison, and nobody's allergic to broccoli. We can make this work, right? You can make something that yeah. works for everybody and it makes it easier on you, the host, then to prepare that meal for everyone. Uh, now, if you're hosting, other scenario, if you're hosting a wedding, and mm -hmm. I'm just keep coming back to a wedding because I just came back from one, yeah. but uh, if, you're if you're hosting a wedding and you're wanting to make sure, let's say we had a huge wedding, we invited close to 300 people, and in oh, that wow. case, there's no way that I'm going to prepare a spreadsheet of food allergens. Right. And so what I did in that case is I just made sure that there was something available for everybody, mm. you know, and I made sure that it was clearly labeled. So my, my, the bridal cake was gluten-free, but my husband's ice cream cake definitely was not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had, a, had a true old fashioned cake face basis. So, um, you know, there was, and I told folks gluten-free cake if you want it. And it was delicious, yeah. of course. So, right, everybody had some. So that was one. We had a we had a food truck that had options, and I just requested that they labeled, for example, the Brussels sprouts were gluten free. So please put that in parentheses next to it, or yeah. you know the the kebabs are dairy free. So please put that next to it. So yeah. I would have an option for folks. Uh, ours was a more of a buffet. We had food trucks come and feed people, and so that's how we labeled things. And then if you have, let's say, if you're doing a seated meal, uh, the wedding I just went to this weekend was it was 40 people, and they did a very nice seated meal. And when mm -hmm. we emailed out the our excuse me the RSVP of course included meal options. You could either get the beef or the fish. And mm. he, he had labeled on there that the beef was dairy-free, gluten-free. 
Oh, nice. And the fish was not. So, you know, if you had a dietary restriction, you could choose one or the other, or you could just choose based on your preference. Okay. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what about thinking about going out to dinner with people and thinking about business dinners, or maybe um, you're going out with someone else that's picking up the tab? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I might be willing to spend a little bit more for something that kind of aligns better with my diet by adding sides or paying for substitutions. But like, what's advice that you may have when someone else is paying? That's a really, man, a, <laughs> these are great questions, Emily. I really I think people are going to like this episode. Uh, you know, that also, that depends also. My mom, whenever she asks me a question and I give her a response, it depends. She rolls mm-hmm. her eyes at me. <laughs> I promise um, I'm not rolling my eyes. Oh, so good. I, I, I believe you, but I, I apologize in advance if that's annoying to some. Um, so, no. you know, I think that there are a couple different ways I would handle it. If it is, let's say if it's a true business meeting and you're really wanting to maintain etiquette, Um, and you're really, you're really not wanting to draw any attention to dietary Mm -hmm. substitutions at all, because maybe it's a really important meeting and you just want to minimize the other variables. Right. Then I would eat something small before and go and order something that's priced similarly to what they're ordering. Okay. Okay. Even if that means, even if, if that means you order a salad, uh, a very simple salad is all that I'm thinking about an Italian restaurant, for example, that's usually the, the most difficult for me uh, because mm. of all the bread and breading and pastas and dairy and things like that right. usually out there. And I will, they usually will have some sort of a grilled chicken salad somewhere on the menu. But when I'm there and I'm paying for myself, I'll say, please double the chicken. Right. And I'll say, mm. Oh, can I have some of the roasted eggplant you have listed on this other menu item? right? To kind of give myself more of a complete meal. So if I'm not really wanting to draw that much attention to myself, instead of doubling the chicken, which is an extra cost, I would probably say, I'll have the chicken, no croutons, dressing on the side. Thanks so much. You know, hold the cheese. That's a very Mm -hmm. reasonable order. And I will know that I will have either eaten something in advance to make sure that I'm going to be satiated by the end of that meal, or I'll have something planned for afterwards. So in a more strict environment, I would eat something in advance. I would half meal it at home where you know you can get some good nutrients in. Look up the menu maybe and kind of be able to prepare in that way. Now, if it is a more casual meal um, and it's not that big of a deal, let's say you're going out with your boss and your boss is actually just you know, one of your closest friends at this point, and you feel really comfortable around them. Uh, If you order the double chicken and you also ask for a baked potato on the side of that salad in order to just make a complete meal, if your boss pays, I would look at them and say, do you mind if I leave the tip? You know, something like that, something to show a gesture. Um, I added about an extra $5 worth of food onto the bill and I would love to leave the tip. Mm-hmm. And I would just make sure you've got cash on you in that instance. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of depends if you're comfortable with whoever's there and, um, you know, and I will, I've done that, ex- that exact thing on occasion with even close friend groups. We'll go out to yeah. eat. And if, and the same thing goes for people who have cocktails, I've, I'm pregnant, so I'm obviously not drinking a bunch of cocktails right now, but right. you know, if I ever do have an, a glass of wine and the other person doesn't in that instance, I would offer to leave the tip. 
you know, to kind of help compensate for uh, what yeah. I had ordered. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Um, okay. I think I have one more question. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what are some of your tips for finding restaurants when you're somewhere new? Are there like certain search terms that you use or an app that you like best? Yes. You kinda... <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, so there's a couple different ways to go. I'm a big fan of Yelp. Mm-hmm. And it's easiest, I found it's easiest to use on an actual uh, uh, laptop or desktop computer, not on a mobile device. The mobile device oh. is fine in a pinch. Yeah. It's fine in a pinch. But if you can, if you're going someplace and you're doing some research, I would pull up Yelp.com and I would type in where you're going. And then I would t- add in some search phrases like gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, mm-hmm. allergen-friendly. Uh, Something like that. I would search for allergen. I would search gluten. I would search dairy, things like that, and see what comes up and start narrowing down your search from there. And it's just easier to use on a larger computer in that regard. Uh, on the phone, the same thing will happen, but that way you can scroll through and you can start reading some of the things and you can click on menus and make sure that that place actually does have an option for you. Yeah. Um, so that's one way. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if there's something you typically look for on the menus when you're ordering. Like, is there kind of a key, like, if it has this, I know I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I will do if I do find a PDF of the menu, I will open Mm -hmm. it and I'll scroll down to the very bottom. And usually you will find some sort of a key or an index that says anything with a star is gluten-free. Or gluten-free or vegan or, yeah. Exactly. And, and those are really helpful. And if you're dairy free, that's a good, that's a really good point, Emily. I'm glad you said vegan, because if you're dairy free, if you find Mm -hmm. a vegan option, you can always just add protein and you'll find, and therefore your meal is dairy free. Right. Um, So yeah, I would say that if finding either of those on the menu is really helpful, or if they say gluten-free menu available upon request, I know that I'm going to probably be good there. Uh, And then, but it's not always going to be present. So when I was just in Palm Springs, for example, we were looking for a takeout place to get a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. And a couple people had recommended places to go and try. And I pulled up this one spot and gluten-free was not listed anywhere on their menu. But in some of the Yelp reviews, because I did that keyword search for gluten-free, gluten-free had shown yeah. up in some of the reviews and somebody said they actually do have a gluten-free crust, which is great. So I called them to verify because it wasn't on their menu. Mm-hmm. And, and of course they did. And it actually happened to be the tastiest ever. And I'm going to write a review on it. But, uh, you know, those kinds of things are really are good to do. I hope that was helpful. Oh, and then the other, mm-hmm. what was it? looking for a restaurant. Oh, the other app I was going to tell you about, especially for people who are highly sensitive to wheat gluten like myself, there's actually an app out called Find Me Gluten Free. Have you heard of oh, it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a great one. And I've been pleasantly surprised by Find Me Gluten Free. You can look it up. And what it does is it'll pull up a list of other users who have gone to restaurants and, and they will say it'll, it'll rate that restaurant bait based on the reviews of diners who've had positive or negative experiences there. Mm. So it may not even be, it may not always be hard data that you're getting. For example, there's a barbecue place around the corner from me and I had no idea that their food is actually gluten-free friendly uh, because they don't advertise it, but they had a super high rating on that app. So, oh. 
Um, I, that's a really good one to look at. And then the last app I would, would tell you about is the NEMA app, N-I-M-A. And they have a gluten sensor. It's a portable gluten sensor you can take around with you, which is really great. But anybody can use the app. And what the app does is, let's say I have the sensor, I went to my favorite salad bar and I tested it, and the results came back gluten-free. So that means I can go then go to the app and I will load that uh, positive or that uh, good test result into the NEMA system, so that other people can see that that salad bar had at least my uh, negative for gluten result. Okay, so that okay. is hard data. And NEMA, they don't have it out yet, but they're working on other allergen uh, sensors. Their podcast actually just went up today. So, spoiler, this was recorded on August 14th. But um, they're, they're working on a, a peanut sensor and a dairy sensor, things like that. So oh, for cool. folks in the future. So the NEMA app would be a really good one also. Now, for right now, it's just specific to wheat gluten, but hopefully that will expand in the future. Cool. I didn't know about the app. I think I had seen that you posted about the device. Yeah, it's cool to know about the app that they have that goes with it. Yeah, it's great, and they have hundreds, maybe thousands at this point of data points that have been collected. So it's really, really nice. Cool. Very cool. Awesome, well, Emily. That's, that's it. This is fun. Thank you so much. This is fun. This is great. It's <laughs> totally my pleasure. I hope it was helpful for you and I hope it was helpful for, for some listeners also. Definitely. Thank you. Of course. Well, thanks everybody for listening. As always, you can find the complete transcript of today's show over at fedandfit.com. And as always, we'll be back again next week. Emily, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you everyone. Thanks for having me, Cassie. My pleasure.